up next on Walking by Faith. Being in Christ is the place where my identity, as Pastor Dwayne said it, is no longer in Adam, it is now in Christ. It is the place where I no longer relate to the Father based on what I have done, based on my accomplishment, and based on my failures, but where I am placed inside of Christ, able to relate to the Father through Him and His perfect life. I want to thank you for being with us today on Walking by Faith. And I am excited about the message. We're talking about who you are in Christ. It is one of the most powerful subjects in the entire Bible. And of course, the Bible tells us in the book of Philemon that we need to acknowledge every good thing that's in us in Christ. That as we do, that it will energize our faith or our faith will become powerful. It'll become effectual. It will produce results. And so many of us don't realize who we are in Christ, what belongs to us in Christ. So today, Daniel Vanderklok, my son, is going to be sharing a message with you. And this message is on the subject of who you are in Christ. And I believe that God's going to use this to give you a new understanding of what belongs to you. Would you come with me right now as we begin this message? Philemon verse 6. There's only one chapter in Philemon starts out that the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. That we become effective when we acknowledge every good thing that is in Christ. Now, wow, that's really important. Like everybody wants to be effective. And so I, I got looking, in fact, the Amplified went further and it says that your faith may produce and promote full recognition, appreciation, and understanding, and peace, knowledge of every good thing that is ours in our identification with Christ Jesus. And this is, this is huge. This is so important. I'm like, I want my faith to be effective. It says that I need to know and to understand and have precise knowledge of these good things that are ours in Christ. And the Bible's full of it. Pastor Duane mentioned the other, uh, a week or two ago that there was over 130 different references to being in Christ, in whom, um, with him, with Christ. I'm like, wow, this is, this is a massive, massive topic. This is huge. But a lot of times we miss out because we don't know what's ours. As I was beginning to think about this, I somehow started thinking about food. Does that ever happen to anybody else? Like, you just... I'm over here, and then food. And in fact, I felt like God gave me a picture of a buffet, because I love buffets. In fact, there's one locally that my wife and I really like. Can you go ahead and put up a picture? Um, some of you guys may recognize this. For all of you that missed breakfast, I'm sorry. Uh, realize that making you hungry, and it's getting close to lunchtime. There's two, like, tables set up, or little buffet stations that are double-sided. Um, they have a bunch of food. Then in front of you, there's soups and normally like a dessert thing there. Then there's a whole thing full of fruit and um, some different sweets and different things there. Then there's an ice cream station, a sushi bar, and a hibachi grill for seven bucks. I'm like, yes, this is, <laughs> this is awesome. And it doesn't break the bank. And I, I like this buffet. Can you go to the next picture? Um, just, it's good food. I see this and I get hungry, so I understand you. I'm salivating already, and it, it, it's great. But what would you say 
if you, somebody, a friend, you take a friend, you're like, you know what, hey, I want to treat you. Can I take you out to lunch? I'm going to buy you lunch. And they're like, yes, that'd be great. I'm hungry. I could use food and could save the money. This is good. So you take them out to eat. You take them to the China One Buffet and you go and you're loading up and you get back to the table and you look at them and they come back to the table with this. <laughs> um, that's rice. Yeah, yeah, it's rice. Did, did, did you not notice everything else that was up there? Well, yeah, but I didn't want to be a burden. It's a buffet. Yeah, yeah, but I, I got the rice. I'll be okay. No, like, I paid for the buffet. I know, I got, I got the rice. No, like, I paid for everything at the buffet. Eat food. Oh, rice is food. Yeah, yeah, rice is food. But, but there's more. But, but I can do rice. Like, you can live on rice. Why? Like, I know that you can't. In fact, I had a roommate that proved that living on rice is possible. Because you've, how many of you guys have ever heard of Dave Ramsey, the rice and beans? Well, my roommate couldn't afford the beans. So it was rice and a little bit of barbecue sauce to give it flavor. But Kyle survived, so it's all good. Um, but, but there's more. And you look at him and you're like, well, why are you eating that when you could have what I'm going to come back to the table with? That and next one, that and probably a little bit of that. You know, a little bit more of the dessert. Like, you, you got to realize you're like, the person who comes back with the plate of rice pays the same amount as the person who comes back with it all because it's a buffet, it's an all inclusive. And we have this opportunity that in Christ, Christ paid once for all. And the all that he's made available is available in Christ for the price that he paid when he died and rose again for us. And so when we sit here and we come back and we're going, well, I have rice. You're like, but I paid for so much more. Why would you settle with rice when I've paid for it all? And so often that's our case. And it's not that the person who sits down with rice is evil. It's not like you're evil because you're missing out on what God has. No, you're hungry. <laughs> you, you're, you're, you're missing out. It's not, you, you can actually fill up on rice. It's just not that pleasant. And you can sit there and a lot of Christians go through going, well, I can make it through life just knowing that I'm not going to hell. Well, yeah, that's, that's good. That's great. That is a great start. But do you realize that there's more? That... The, the Father's got great plans for you, that in Christ, these things are available to you. And it's already been paid for. Pastor Dwayne said it this way. He says, you can't have ignorant faith. You cannot believe for what you do not know about. And if you don't believe, because faith is the channel by which God's blessings flow, you don't receive. And, and I learned a great lesson and a great example through my own stupidity. So I, I will share um, I, I bought a house a few years ago, and my wife and I were really, really excited, and then we discovered we needed furniture. Furniture helps in a house. And so we needed a couch, maybe a love seat, and so we started shopping, and we're like, you know what, the day after Thanksgiving, there's great sales. And so we're going to find a great couch, and we went through all these catalogs and magazines and things, and, and we go through this, and we found one that looked good. So we, we go, we check it out, and it was actually horrible, but they had an awesome couch there. They had this couch 
where there was a couch and love seat. The love seat, both sides would rock individually. We're like, this is cool. And we're just about to have our first baby. And we're like, well, this is great. So if you need to rock the baby, you can rock it. If I start rocking and it drives you crazy because you're pregnant and everything makes you puke, then you don't have to rock while I do. We can recline individually. This is going to be awesome. And the couch is great because both sides of the couch recline on their own. Like this is, this is like a high quality. And I'm so excited and it's on sale. It's on like a super sale. And so we get this couch and I'm all excited. And we would, we spent a lot of nights hanging out together and playing games. So we'd play cards or play dice or different things. And a lot of times we'd play on the couch. So we'd each sit on one side and we'd put the cards in the middle, except the cushion's not flat. It's got a little bit of an angle. So your cards all slide. And that's very annoying when you're trying to play most any card game and you're like, all right, well, what, you know, you playing rummy. What's, what did you have stacked over the... It's all sliding in. So I'd grab like a coffee table thing and I'd try to put this little table or this little tray on there and try to get it level. And you're like, all right, it's not level now. So I'm going to stick this underneath it, try to level it out. And, and, and we did this for a couple years and then we, we sold the house. And when we're moving, moving furniture is an adventure. If you've never moved furniture, count your blessings. Um, you probably paid somebody to do it for you. But it's all right because when you do this, a lot of times you're getting through a skinny doorway, hallway, around the corner, you pick the couch up and it won't fit. So you got to like tip it this way, and then you're like, this way. And so we're doing that to make it around a corner. And when we picked up the couch, the middle of the couch, the um, seat, the back of that seat, fell down like this and was a table with two cup holders. (laughs) What is this? I have been trying to find something to stick in the middle that would be level for two years. And I bought it with one and just didn't know it. I'm like, wow. If I don't know about it, it doesn't matter how much I paid for the couch. It doesn't matter that I own the couch. It doesn't matter if I've slept on the couch. It doesn't matter because what I don't know, I don't use. And a lot of times as Christians, we're missing out because we don't know. A lot of Christians are disappointed that all they have is rice when everything else is still at the buffet. They're disappointed because they thought Christianity was going to be more. They thought, you know, they said that Christianity was so great and they promised so much, you know, and I said that prayer and not that much has changed. Sure, I don't have to go to hell, but I thought there would be more. There is more. But if you sat down with rice, it's disappointing. It's rice. There's more. Like, and so often we're going, well, I... I'm waiting and all that I'm receiving is what's going to come after I die. So why is not more of my life affected? And God goes, I have so much more. The Father has made so much more available for us in Christ. And yet so many are missing out. It's kind of like, um, I don't know if you ever car shop. Car shopping drives some people crazy. I like, I like it. I come alive and my nerddom comes out. I research like crazy. I get on Auto Trader. I get on Kelly Blue Book. I get on cars.com. I search the country and try to find the best deal. I've driv- driven all over. I almost flew to, yeah. I found a car in Texas and found out that the person in Texas selling me the car was trying to sell me a car that was on a car lot in North Carolina. I'm like, oh, that's not going to work. And like, I do my research and I, I love it. But you get into this and you start checking it out and you're like, well, they got different models. And you're like, all right, so I need this car, but what model do I need? 
Because, you know, you can get the base model and it's the same body. It's got, maybe it has the same engine, but it's got, you know, the cheap rims that rust out and drive you crazy. And then it's got the stereo system that you can't actually hear. And it's got, you know, just really basic features. Like, but if, you know, if you step up, then you get the rims that don't rust out and you can actually hear the stereo. And it's got a few of these other nice features. And if you go really high class, you get the leather. So when your kid spills everything, you can just wipe it up. And you're like, yes. And they've got all these different features. But a lot of times as Christians, we tend to think that way. And we tend to think that God has a, you know, this is the basic Christian package. And there's the pastor's package. And maybe there was the early church package where like, hey, you're starting the church, so you need all the benefits that God has available. So God's going to send the Holy Spirit for you and, and he's going to fill you with boldness and strength and courage and use you to heal people. But, but you know, we're the late century. And so, you know, we're, we don't have all the benefits that are available. Or maybe, you know, you got the healing and deliverance package, but they've got all the promises of God package. And, but that's, but the Bible actually talks about this and lets us know that there's not one package for the early church, one package for the pastor, one package for the teacher, and then one package for the rest of us. It says in Jude 3, beloved, although I was very eager to write to you about our common salvation, I found it necessary to write appealing to you to contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. He says this was delivered once and for all, and he called it our common salvation. Not because of its low, low quality, but by its equality for all who receive it. He goes, it is our common salvation. So there's one package. So everything that God made available to any believer, he's made available to all believers. So if it's available to Pastor Duane, it's available to me. If it's available to, me, to Pastor Duane, it's available to you. And to begin to get this, that, that what God has for me is for me, and he's not holding out. In Ephesians 1, 3, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. And, and, and you go, and you go, there's so much that God wants to give to me. There's so much that God wants to give you and has for you. In fact, he says that in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, there, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and behold, the new has come. He says that all of us were something else and become new. And at that new place, all is then available to us. It's not that, hey, he's got this and I, I get this. But there's still a spot where a lot of us struggle. And I, I say this because I've struggled there. And I, I was reading a story that I've heard lots of times in the Bible. And all of a sudden it came alive to me. I saw something that I hadn't seen before. The prodigal son. If you haven't heard the story, I'll tell you. If you've already heard the story, I like the story. So get ready to hear it again. So there's, there's this father. Jesus tells the story. It's in Luke chapter 15, verses 11 to 32. So you can check it and make sure I'm telling you the, the real thing. But the, the son, the youngest son, comes to the father and is like, how you doing? I'm doing good. Bummer. I'm ready for you to die. Can I have my portion of the inheritance now? And you're like, oh, I got something for you. Boom. Like, you expect some kind of a response from the father of just, what are you thinking? Let me put you in line. But instead, the father, it says, he divided up his estate between his two sons. 
And the younger son is like, sweet, I've got stuff, I've got money, I'm out of here. It's my way. It's my way, I'm taking the highway, and off we go. And so he takes off and he starts a party. He's like, I got loads of money, so let's party. And he's like, drinks are on me. And he just begins to party, live it up. He's got lots of friends because he's buying food, drinks, whatever, partying. And eventually the money runs out, the friends run out because they're there as long as the money was there and a famine hits the land, which is when money's really, really convenient to have. And so life gets rough. And he's like, well, what do I do? My friends are gone, my money's gone, and my food is gone. So I got to find a job. So he starts looking for a job, but jobs were hard to find. There's a famine, less crops, less people to work the crops, less jobs, really hard spot for him. And so he, he looks around and he finds a job, but it was like the worst job possible for him. If you were to pick any job, if you were to say, what job would you not want? What would be the worst job possible? He would stick this below that because as a Jew, Pigs were detestable. They was, they, pigs were a vile, they were unclean, and it was just, they're gross. That, that's just wrong for them. And he gets a job taking care of pigs. So this is disgraceful. But to make it worse, he's jealous of the pig. He sits here and he, he dumps, it says that he dumps, you know, he feeds them the slop and he looks at the pig food and goes, hmm. That looks so good. I wish I could have some of that. Pig slop. When you're looking at pig slop and wanting it, that's, that's just messed up. And, and all of a sudden, as he's envying the pig and as he's drooling over the slop going, I wish I could have that, but no one will even let me eat the pig's food, says that it occurred to him that his father's servants all had more than enough food. And he's sitting here staring at the slop and he's like, this is dumb. Maybe, maybe if I go back to dad, you know, I know I'm not worthy to be called his son. I know that I messed things up and walking up to dad saying, I wish you were dead. It's kind of harsh, but maybe dad will, will at least let me be a servant. Maybe I can get a, like a low level servant job and at least I'll have enough food and I won't have to work with pigs. So, so he, he gets this idea, all right, all right, I got a plan. And he starts rehearsing his apology. And I don't know if you've ever done that before. Um, it's, it's a sign you know you did something stupid. You're like, all right, I already got a plan on my apology before I see them. And so I remember doing that as a kid, I confess. All right, so he, he starts his journey home and he is going over this. He's like, well, what am I going to say? All right, dad, I, I messed up. I'm not worthy to be called your son. Just make me like one of the hired servants. I'm, you know, and, and so he, he's going through this and he's rehearsing it, rehearsing it. I've, I've sinned against you and I've sinned against God. I've, I'm not worthy. And so he's going through and he's, he's on his way home and dad sees him from a long way off. And dad just starts running towards him. And so he sees dad and he's like, speech, I've been practicing you the whole journey home. And so he gets ready. He's like, dad, I've sinned against God and I've sinned against you and you're home. And dad just like yells and gives him a big old hug. Hey guys, he's got, he, he needs shoes. He doesn't have any shoes. Hey, bring him a robe. He stinks. Bring him where he needs a bathroom. Bring him stuff. Bring, bring him a robe. Bring him a ring. Bring him a ring so that he's got the rights of a family member. We got to take care of him. Hey, go kill the fatted calf. We're going to have a party. And, and he's like, I'm not worthy. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad. And, and he, dad cuts him off. Like we see in the Bible, like it says that he starts this and then just dad just takes over. This is what dad's doing. And we don't hear the rest of his speech. He's just, whoa, 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 but I'm not worthy. Whoa. And then there's, they go into the party. 
And I've heard this, and it's a great story. And it's a great lesson on how often we make stupid mistakes and how often we wonder and we try to justify and we go, well, maybe I can have a second-rate existence now, but maybe God will give me a second-rate chance and how God has this great grace and he wants to offer it complete even when we don't deserve it. And I've heard that before, but this next part is what caught me. Because then the older brother comes in. And when the older brother comes in, he's been working in the field and he comes in, he's gonna get cleaned up for dinner and things and he comes on in and, and he hears the noise and he hears the party and, and he grabs the servant and he's like, hey, what's going on? I, I, I hear this noise and, and he goes, your brother's back. Little brother told dad he wished he was dead. That's the one. So what's the noise? Dad beating him? <laughs> no, his dad's throwing a party for my brother. Yeah, he killed the fatted calf. Come on, it's got some good meat in there. And it says that he refused to go in. And the father comes out. And in this conversation with the father, there was something interesting. In fact, in Luke 15, Verse 29 says, he answers his father. His father asks him to come in and join the party. He says, look, these many years I have served you and I never disobeyed your command. Yet you never gave me a young goat that I may celebrate with my friends. One translation says a skinny goat. And you look at this and you're like, wait a second. And we look into verse 31 as he's having this conversation with his dad. And his dad looks at him and goes, son, you are always with me and all that I have is yours. But his father actually meant it. Like you've heard people say things like that that they don't mean. My house is your house. Make yourself at home. Translation, cups are over there, get your own. Um, but... You know, they, they, they say that meaning, you know, you can find your own way to the bathroom, you can get your own cup. But if you were to actually make yourself at home, they would flip out on you. You're like, great, at home? You just like walk into their, their bedroom, go into their closet, find some clothes, put them on, go lay down. What are you doing? It's my house. No, it's not. Go get your own cup into the bathroom. Anyways. But the father actually meant this. The father looks at him and goes, all that I have is yours. And if we rewind to verse 12, it says that the father divided his estate between them. That means everything that the little brother didn't take is the older brother's. So as I started thinking about this, and it, I'm like, so he's mad that dad didn't re-give him things. That when he felt like he deserved it, because he starts going through going, father, these many years I have served you and I never disobeyed your command. What is he doing? He's saying, this is what I earned. This is what I deserve. So why don't you give me this? And dad's like, it's already yours. How do I give you what's already yours? And I got thinking about this going, well, I've done that. I've, as a Christian, have tried to earn God's gifts. I've thought, you know what? God can use me if maybe God will be able to give me this when I pray this much. Maybe if I was to read my Bible, maybe if I was to accomplish this, this, and this, then God could use me. Then that could happen. But when can you earn what you already have? What is it going to take? 
And so he's upset that his dad didn't re-give him what was already his. A lot of times we're like the older brother going, all right, when, can, when did I earn it? When am I good enough to receive it? And God goes, I've already offered it to you. I've already paid for it. At no point is it about you being so awesome that I give you this. At no point. He goes, it's already paid for. Will you receive the gift? Will you receive what I'm offering to you? I know that as we talk about this, there are some who look at it and go, I need that gift. I need to receive the salvation, the forgiveness. I want to be in Christ. I want all that God has for me. Or maybe you say, you know what? I have been like the older brother and I have been trying to be good. I have been a good person. And I thought maybe I could be good enough. But you realize that we could never be good enough. That as soon as you've sinned, no matter how good you are, you've still sinned. So you know what? I, I want the forgiveness. I want to be in Christ forgiven. I want to be in Christ. I want a relationship with God. I want what he has for me. If you say, that's, that's me, I want to give you a chance to make that decision. Because in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, Jesus lays out how simple this is. He says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. He goes, it's not being awesome. Because receiving this is so simple. Just declare me as Lord. Believe on it. Put your faith in me and what I've done for you. And this gift is available to you. If that's you and you're ready to be in Christ, if you're ready to receive all that God has for you, you're ready to receive forgiveness, to receive salvation, if you want to be in Christ and want to stop just trying to do it on your own, then let's do what it says in Romans chapter 10, verse 9. Let's declare Jesus to be Lord of our life. Declare that we believe in him and receive all that he has for us to become in Christ. That's you. Go ahead and repeat it for me as we pray. Say, God, I'm sorry for the wrong things I've done. I believe that you died and rose again. Thank you for washing away my sins. I want to live for you every day. I make you the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. That is the greatest decision that anybody could ever make. If you made that decision and you said that prayer today, we would love to hear from you. Call us, email us. Information is there on your screen. If you made that decision, we've got a free book that Pastor Dwayne wrote explaining the decision that you just made and the steps from here that we would love to give you. We'd love to hear from you. At Walking by Faith, we believe in the power of prayer. Call now to share your prayer request so we can begin standing with you in prayer. Thank you for watching Walking by Faith. Walking by Faith is made possible in part by the generous gifts of our viewers. If you would like to contribute to reaching the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ through this program, please contact us at Walking by Faith, 5120 Ivan Rest Avenue Southwest, Granville, Michigan, 49418.